greatness is a function of wisdom. The wiser we are, the better we live. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church for four great services, 7 a.m., 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 11.30 a.m. At The Good Land, Ifako Bus Stop, Owaranshoki Obutu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host, Yemi and Bimbo David. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org or call 0808-156-3080. Global Impact Church. Think great. Our month of healing and health, and it's been awesome from uh, when we started today. Uh, Psalms 103, the first four verses, gives us some insight into the fact that God wants us healthy. Because what you believe is what you eventually become. If you don't believe that God wants you healthy... The devil will lie to you that God is using that sickness or disease to teach you something. And when you believe that God is the one teaching you something, you cannot resist God, so you allow it. But Satan is the one that pushes that into the lives of people. So David was talking about the, uh, the things that he's enjoying from God. And that's the Old Testament or Old Covenant. Before even Jesus came, praise the Lord. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Verse 2 says, bless the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Verse 3 says, who forgives all, all. Somebody say all. all. Because the forgiveness of sins, or should we call it salvation, is the gateway to all the other blessings. It was sin that brought sickness, disease, and death in the first place. So the moment God forgives you your sins and you are able to receive that forgiveness, then it should be easier for you to receive all the other things that follow, like healing of all our diseases. Verse 4 says, who redeems my life, your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Verse 5 he says, verse 5, is that verse 5? <laughs> who satisfies your mouth with what? Good things so that your youth is renewed. Like So if David can be claiming these benefits centuries ago, then how much more of Jesus came to die on the cross for, as it were, and enjoying the fruits of his salvation. Isaiah 53 from verse 1, we'll read verse 1 and then verse um, 3 to 5. Uh, Isaiah 53, verse 1, it says, Who hath believed our report, and to whom, to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The report you believe determines what God does in your life. There are some Christians that the only thing they believe is, get born again, and let's prepare for heaven. And if that's what you believe, that's your experience. So they just have all kinds of things in their lives, and they believe that Jesus, I mean, we're waiting for heaven. So they get sick, they walk in poverty and shame, and all their faith is salvation and how to make heaven. But whatever God has provided for, until you believe it, the arm of the Lord cannot be in that area. So faith is key to healing and health. He said, who hath believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Verse 3 
For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness. Or comeliness. And when we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. Verse, verse 3, he is despised and rejected by men. A man that's talking about Jesus in prophecy. Isaiah prophesying about Christ. He says, he's despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Uh, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Verse 4, surely, somebody say surely. surely. He has borne what? Yeah, he came to pay the price for your grief. He carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Verse 5, but he was wounded. For my, your transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Now, can we have this verse in uh, ERV or, any, uh, or NIV? By his stripes we are healed. Now, we're talking about the uncommon laws of total health. And the very first law we want to talk about is the law of exchange. The law of exchange. He says, he says, but he was being punished for what we did. He was crushed because of our guilt. He took the punishment we deserved. And this brought us what? Peace. We are healed because of his pain. Now, we have the exemplary work of Christ and the substitutionary work of Christ. You're going to help me say that word today. Are you okay? Say exemplary. Say like you know grammar small. Okay. Say the other one. No, no, don't, don't, you don't have to rush it. If you know, you know, just take it easy. Substitutionary. Now, the exemplary work of Christ is the things that Jesus did and asked us to emulate. That I'm doing this as an example for you to follow, Right? Especially when it comes to Christian character. For instance, you hear things like, Ah, come and learn of me, for I am meek and what? Lowly in heart. He's talking about humility. He's talking about meekness. That behave like that so that God can lift you. That's exemplary work of Christ. There was a time Jesus was washing the disciples' feet and was telling disciples, This is how I want you to live. I want you to serve others. That's exemplary. That he that will be the greatest among you must be the servant of all. That's exemplary. Okay? But not everything Jesus did is exemplary. Many others are substitutionary. Meaning, I'm going through this so that you won't go through it. Now, if you don't understand that about Christ, you'll be misapplying your Christian life. Can we go back to uh, that Isaiah 53, I think verse 5, thank you. Look, can we look at, okay, NIV says, but he was pierced for whose transgressions? Mine. He was crushed for iniquities. Now, the punishment that brought me peace was what? That means he paid the price so I can have peace. And then by his wounds, I am. So he paid the price for my health. That's the reason why even when he came, before he died, everywhere he was going, check it out. If there was anything Jesus did, was healing the sick. That was his main preoccupation amongst other things. Somebody, a woman came to him and said, I'm a leper. Is it your will for me to be healed? He said, I will. 
I will. I've paid the, I'm paying the price for your sins. So everything that came because of the sin ought to give way. So this sickness must not stay. He was healing the sick, healing diseases, and raising the dead. That's substitutionary. Praise the Lord. So I'm praying that whatever Christ has paid for, it will never remain in your life. Say amen now. You can't be paying for a product twice. It's a fault of ignorance. He paid with his life. By his stripes, we are healed. That's the law of exchange. That what Jesus did, I must aggressively... I mean, if your dad pays for something, and you have the receipt, and it's authentic receipt, and then they are trying to collect it from you, there is holy reaction. Or they are saying you should pay for it the second time, you will react. And we need that violence of faith to maintain the things that belong to us. I discovered majority of the ones that even received their healing in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they were kind of aggressive about it. You see blind Bartimaeus shouting, son of David, have mercy on me. They say, keep quiet, keep quiet. We are moving slowly. He's quiet. He said, ah, he shouted the more. You won't shout like that if you don't know that the thing has been paid for. And there was a time he was in a meeting, and some people brought their family members. Uh, the guy was bedridden, and they said the place was full. <laughs> they laughed. He was full. Okay, no problem. We are coming. Next thing we saw, they opened the roof and dropped that person in front of Jesus Christ. That's, that's violence of faith. You can't tell the fight upstairs with the landlord, owner of the building. But they wanted their healing. And Bible says when Jesus saw their faith, my God, it takes violence of faith to experience what belongs to you. No evil sickness will, will stay with you by the end of this month. Amen. Any pain in your system, anything tormenting your system, especially the ones you'll be spending monies on, it has become a devourer in your life. I speak to the root of that challenge. I command it to give way in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ makes you whole in the name of Jesus. There is nothing as awesome as waking up in the morning and feeling what? Healthy. Health is wealth. Health is wealth. We read the story of the woman, I think it's in Mark 5. Mark chapter 5 from verse 25. We, we, the, the woman with the issue of blood. She had had that problem for how many years? 12 years. Let's go to Mark 5, 25. For 12 years. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, verse 26, and had suffered many things from what? Many physicians. That's why you must not allow this thing in our lives. She had spent, can you imagine that? When they suffer from physicians, what does that mean? They said, drink this one. Use this one. It's very suffering. Me, I don't even like injection. Especially if it's a nurse. A female nurse. Mm? General overseer of a church. Yes. Stand right there. And when you are there, you're not general overseer. They say, please, stand right. I say, yes. Mm. Yes. And then a female person. That normally should not have access. Now begin to rub the, the boom boom of this deal. <laughs> I don't like it. I think I prefer tablets. Some people don't like tablets. 
And I give it. It's okay, sir. It's okay, sir. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And some take that in three times in a day. She had suffered many things of physicians. She has spent not just the physical problem, now all her money's resources. And she wasn't even getting better. This Satan, but rather grew worse. Your health will not become worse. Your health will not deteriorate. Under this apostolic voice, I command the glory of God to rest on your health. In the name of Jesus Christ. Spending money, spending body, and it's getting worse. Verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, I love those songs we had this morning. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Verse 28. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I will be made well. I will be okay. He's the greatest physician. Verse 29. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was what? Dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed. Power flowed. Glory to God. Verse 30. Ah, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Now, this is where faith comes in. Many were touching clothes, but one had the touch of faith. You can be taking communion out of a religious sense. Spiritum, untum, ikum. For no reason, you don't understand yourself. Religiously. No. Look at the next verse. Peter, very vocal. Oh, his disciples said to him, oh God, how can you be saying somebody? You see the multitude, what? Thronging you, and you are saying who? It's not who, it's, who, it's plenty. But there was a thought of faith. There was a withdrawal of power. He knew it. Next Sunday, we have communion service. Don't come with a religious mind. Come with a heart of faith. And draw from it. Your sense of value determines the flow of virtue. Do you know if Jesus even comes today, some will be touching him for selfie sake only. This woman said, if I may touch him, I will be made whole. Somebody will say, I need to touch him and post on Instagram. <laughs> Many of them are thronging in. Jesus. <laughs> and yet they have problems. Though. When the pastor prophesies, though a lot of people say amen, but there is the amen of faith. Knowing that when an anointed vessel speaks, it carries power. He said, the words I've spoken to you, they are, they are spirit and they are life. Under the anointing, when words are declared, life and power flows. That understanding helps you to receive. So when you're saying amen, it's not the amen of Gubuero. It's the amen of If Amen means so be it. So whether it's the communion, whether it's the prophetic declaration, whether it's reading the scriptures, your sense of value determines the flow of virtue to you. That's why in our church, we don't toy with communion. And I give God praise from the onset. The level of sickness and disease in this church is always very low. I know churches where every time somebody is breaking down, somebody is accident, the communion represents the covenant we have with God. 
That's why the third Sunday of every month we have communion, all our midweek services from the time we started this ministry is to administer the life of Christ, that healing virtue, that protection of the blood over the people of God so they won't be victims of Satan that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Praise the Lord. The second law we'll share this morning is the law of love. Somebody say love. Oh, somebody say love. Can you spell love? L-O-V-E. Love. Um, unforgiveness, hatred, and bitterness are enemies of total health. We explored that in the last service. And I need you to get it because the devil is a trickster. Look at these scriptures with me, and I think it will help us understand it better. First John chapter 2. First John chapter 2, verse 8. Anytime you are living in hatred, you are in the territory of Satan. Look at this. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Verse 9, he who, say, he who says is in the light and what? Hates his brother is in what? Darkness until now. Verse 10, he who loves his brother abides where that light represents you will see road. Satan can't operate. The devil knows. That's why when you are loving, walking in love, you are safe. He now tries to organize matters that will move you from light into what? Into darkness. It's a drama. People hurting you in the office, your cousin, your friend, things happening around you that you allow to enter into your heart wrongly. And you begin to breed hatred, bitterness in your heart. You move into darkness. In that territory, anything goes. Majority of which is sickness and torment. The next verse, it says, He who loves his brothers, his brother, abides where? In the light. And there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in where? Darkness. And walks in and does not know where he's going. So people that are given to these things, this hatred, bitterness, you find that they run in circles. Stagnation everywhere. He said, um, please, he says, but he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where because the darkness has... You know, when you are in hatred, you will be arguing blindly. You will be reacting ignorantly. People will just be looking, what's wrong with him? Or what has become, what become her? She doesn't know, he doesn't know. But the darkness blinds you when you are walking in hatred or bitterness. Um, this other scripture is also very encouraging to see. First John chapter 3, verse 14. So if there's anything we are doing this morning, is to get healed, to let go. And when you understand this thing, letting go will be very easy. You can't be walking in dark. Look at this verse. It says, we know that we have passed from what? Death to life. Because what? 
He who does not love his brother abides in death. That's why things happen. May our lives not become like a graveyard. The hallmark of a graveyard is silence. No testimonies, no progress, no shout of rejoicing. May our lives not be like that. So hatred and bitterness breeds death. So when you notice matters happening between you and somebody, maybe in church or in your family, and you are gathering momentum of vengeance in your heart, be careful. You are opening the door to what you might not be able to handle. We have to learn to love people. It's a decision we have to make. Let's look at the story, Matthew 18. The story we are familiar with. Matthew 18, verse 23. Uh, we're going to read some couple of verses just to help us see this matter of unforgiveness and all those things. Look at this. Are you awake? Are you awake? Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants, 24. And when he had started to settle the account, one of them was brought to him who owed him how much? Now, 10,000 talents in today's money is $10 million. 10 what? Not Naira, $10 million. So if it's a Naira, that's how much? $3.6 billion, right? Right? Conversion. Ibo guys. Yeah, yeah. How much Naira now? 3.360? Yeah, so $10 million is $3.6 billion, right? Is that correct? Yeah. So, 25. And when he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he should go and sell him his wife and his children. To get the money back. Those days, the slaves, slim as a slave, from the money we'll get there, we'll sort out the bill. And all that he had, so that he can pay. Verse 26. The servant therefore fell down before his master, saying, Master, ah, please, uh, please mercy. Uh, I, I will work on it. Verse 27. Then the master of the servant was moved with what? Released him. And forgave him the debt. Ha! Huh? Ten million dollars. Go. I won't sell your family again. Go. Just go and live your life. <laughs> Verse twenty-eight. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him what? Hundred denarii, as at the last count, is seventeen dollars. 10 million versus $17. And he laid his ass on him. <laughs> Took him by what? <laughs> Say, pay me all. Pay me now. Verse 29. Sorry. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and what? Begged his eyes. Have patience with me. I will pay you all. 30. And he would not, but went and the prison till he should pay the debt. Hmm. 31. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. 32. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you asked me. 33. Should you not also have had what? compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you 34 and his master was angry and delivered him to 
It was this verse that drew my attention when on campus. That, okay, what is the problem here? Ah! They now delivered him unto torturers. King James Version says, tormentors, until he should pay all that was due to him. Verse 35. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brothers. Is what? Oh. I mentioned that I've been reading this book. I just finished it recently. How you can avoid tragedy and live a better life. Charles Carps, powerful author. He mentioned this story. He said, When you hear torturers, those torturers in those days are tormentors. He said, in those days, prisons employed men who are called tormentors. These men, they use whips. You know whips? Embedded with glass and steel to beat prisoners until they were willing to do whatever was required of them. That's exactly what Jesus was saying. That not just, you know, he put somebody in prison. Now, not just in prison, they will be torturing that person. That's why it's been discovered that those who live in these things, they experience torments in their health. Something is always happening. You're always having this pain. Sometimes it can torture your business. The question now is, when will he be able to even pay back when he's under torment? So Tascap says, in other words, Jesus said that unforgiveness will put you in the hands or power of the devil. He said, I'm not saying that every tragedy occurs because an individual will not forgive, but unforgiveness is one of the major causes of tragedy. It will put you into Satan's hands. It will open the door to the devil and you will be in tormentor's hands until you forgive. The liberation comes when you forgive from your heart. He now shared a story. At a certain meeting, several years ago, there was a lady. And now, ladies, I mean, permit me not to, I mean, don't feel I'm always saying ladies. I have read several books also that most of the time, ladies, your health, your healing destiny is hindered by hatred and bitterness. And this story now is not even Kenneth Hagin's story. It's another person's story. And it's a lady because ladies are more emotional. Things get to your heart easily. Now, this understanding should equip you to be stronger, not to open the door to tragedy in your household. He said this lady who had a disease in her body which was causing her many problems. That's torments. She said, I'm going to be taught the word of God. She, 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 she agreed to be taught the word of God. And one night, I will get in the healing line and receive my healing. That's what she said. So during one of the morning meetings, the minister taught on forgiveness. And that unforgiveness keeps people from getting their healings. And opens the door to the devil. When the meeting was over, the lady called her brother that she had not spoken to in 20 years. 
Why are you not speaking to some people? Why are you not calling them? Why are you not greeting them? You need to answer these questions deep in your heart. Her brother for 20 years. Maybe the brother did something really wrong. But we need to move higher. When they go low, you don't know what they said. We go where? We go higher. 20 years. <laughs> when the meeting was over, the lady called her brother that she had not spoken to in 20 years. She asked him to forgive her. And they settled their differences right then over the telephone. That lady did not feel like doing it. Obeying covenant matters has nothing to do with your feelings. Are you hearing me, people of God? Uh -huh. Do you feel like going to work every day? You especially. <laughs> huh? Do you feel like going to work every day? Uh -huh. He says he's afraid of tomorrow morning already. Tomorrow morning, Monday morning. <laughs> but you go every day. So you don't live by, I don't, I don't feel like talking to them. You are going to be tormented. God forbid. Walking with God is not feelings. Did Abraham feel like sacrificing Isaac? No. Responsibility is the price for greatness. So don't, many of us are in my heart to align. You are deceiving yourself. If a child scout says, the moment you are still in that unforgiveness, prayer, laying of hands, givings, everything just is held up until you resolve it. Because you are living in that unforgiveness. That lady did not feel like doing it. She just made the decision to do it. She decided to walk in love. Let's all decide to walk in love. She returned to the meeting that night. And before the healing line was formed, before the healing line was formed, every symptom had left her body. She was healed. Don't try to judge other people concerning this. Search your heart and apply it to your own life. Many times when we are teaching in church like this, somebody, hmm, Sister Costa Rica. That's how Sister Costa Rica is. Leave Sister Costa Rica alone. You, Sister Niger, do your own. Don't try to judge other people concerning this. Search your heart and apply it to your own life. If you do not forgive, you will be turned over to the tormentor. And Satan will have free access to your life. And in case you're here, and that is your own, thank you, sir. That's your own story directly. That somebody you've not called for the last six weeks or the last six years. Just because you had something they said. I know they said it. I know they did it. But you need to go higher. By forgiving them in your heart. And taking the step of humility and not because of them. It's, I, God, I don't want to live in darkness. I don't want to abide in death. I don't want to be tormented. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a great thing when you are walking in total health. So when I read that book, I wrote, I think I said somewhere, I said, I can't afford it. You understand? The cost of it is so much that Oh, they, they hurt me. Oh, he stole from me. Oh, he took my boyfriend. Leave him alone. If they took your boyfriend, meaning it's not really your own. Ha! Ah, I cannot forgive him. Ah, some ladies are very bad. We have been friends from GS3. GS3. We are very close. Even university, we went to the same university. And I, don't, I just told her. 
that this guy is about to propose to me. Hey, I am a Leo. I just, I just told her. And then the next thing, Pastor Ivy, Ivy, Veronica is marrying Johnson. Veronica is marrying Johnson. Johnson, my boy. And they start wishing them they will not give birth. They married. So anytime Veronica and Johnson are fighting, uh-huh. you believe what is. <laughs> When people do things, learn these things, they will face their consequences, but let it be between them and God. But God will not be cooperating with you to punish anybody. He's higher than that. All those ones that you are thinking, let her lose her job. Let him not die. Let him die. You are, you are tormenting your heart and you are setting yourself up for In fact, when they face those things, you are in the forefront of those who will rescue them. Look at Lot and Abraham. Lot left his father, is is Abraham, anyhow. He was was disrespectful the way he left. But when Lot had the problem, joyfully, not pretentiously, Abraham carried everything, 318 soldiers, with himself to go and rescue him. But at the end of the day, Lot destroyed himself. But you cannot see Abraham's hand in it. Not that you're not be the one talking against the person, speaking against the person, bad mouthing in your heart. Stop it today. Say, I hear. Rise up on your feet. That your uncle that offended you, Nugeli. <laughs> he threw you out when you were 17 and a half years. <laughs> Say, go, leave my family. You now drive from Ugeli to Lagos. When you now go to Lagos, your leg now bangs. Since that time, your leg has been beating you. Ah, oh, uncle. You don't go better for you. <laughs> God will pick you up and heal you. And then one day you will thank God for uncle for sending you out. Because somewhere along the line is the sending out that sent you into prosperity. That sent you into victory. That sent you into greatness. Joseph said to his brothers, thank you for selling me. You fast track everything. Very fast. Where we live is so far. But you sold me on speed train. And they carried me, bam. And put me in, in fact, the right person even bought me. Thank you. You meant it for evil. But God has turned it around. Those are the things you'd, you know. Sometimes in dealing with unforgiveness, let it provoke you onto good works. I said in the other service, you can fire a staff in love. That your being here will not help the organization. Find greener pastures. But don't do things in bitterness. Don't break a relationship. And you've broken it and you're still carrying the person. Ha! Huh? I can Jackson do this. Huh? And you're broken. And then you now carry Jackson into Johnson's life. Every time you're with Johnson, you'll be comparing Johnson to Jackson. Stop it. Let go. Wish him well. If you are here, you've broken a relationship. This night, you will kneel down and pray for that person's marital future. From your heart. Cry! Let the weak or is this shredder they call it? The braids, everything. Let water and makeup scatter it. But pray from your heart for that person. And stand up there and move on. That prayer. This ministry is healed. Her members are healed. Let's pray. I say, Lord, thank you for forgiving me. 
thank you for healing me in the first place. There are things I've done to you that people don't know. Lord, you know. But you know. So how should I not forgive others? There are things I've done in my heart, in my thoughts, that people don't know, but they are very bad. But you forgive me. Lord, I refuse to live in bitterness. Jealousy. Unholy comparison. I let go. Greatness is a function of wisdom. The wiser we are, the better we live. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church for four great services. 7 a.m., 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. at the Goodland, Ifako bus stop over on Shoki Ogbutu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host Yemi and Bimbo David. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org or call 0808-156-3080. Global Impact Church. Think great.